Hey, Story Pirates listeners, Lee here. Today's episode features bewildering new trends, promising restaurants, antagonistic narrators, unflinching mermaids, and spooky musicals. And today's special guest, the amazing actor, Busy Phillips. All of that and more after these quick words for the grown-ups. Hey, grown-ups! If you're a fan of comedy, there's a brand new podcast from our friend Justin Bartha that I wanted to tell you about. You may remember Justin from Episode 7 this season. He's the treasure hunter at the Met and, as you heard, a seriously funny actor. Justin's show is called King of the Egg Cream, and in addition to Justin, it has just the most incredible cast. Again, this show's just for grown-ups and probably older kids. Grown-ups, you can take a listen yourself and see what you think. But if you're a fan of hilarious stuff and well-told stories, you will probably like King of the Egg Cream. Here's a taste. Ah, wow. This egg cream is delicious. I wish the chocolate syrup inside wasn't so expensive. If you'd like to save some shekels and have some fun at the same time, make sure you tune in to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to the show. <sighs> hey, Megan, you've been loudly sighing for the past 40 minutes. Is there something wrong? Oh, it's nothing, baby with the mustache. Oh, okay. Well, if it's nothing, obviously... It's just that we've been underground for such a long time now, and we haven't met any ghosts. Why would we have met ghosts? Think about it. Ghosts can walk through walls and float up and down through floors. So, why wouldn't a bunch of them sink deep into the earth? Nature's floor. Oh, that's a pretty good point. But couldn't they just float on the surface? All the time? Listen, if it were me, I'd get pretty tired of it. I mean, what muscles do you think they use to float? Their butts? It's probably their butts. Whoa! What is it, Nimini? Our magnetometer is picking up huge magnetic fluctuations. Ghosts? I keep telling you not everything is caused by ghosts, Megan. But maybe one ghost? It's probably just the Earth's magnetic field or an underground pipe or a... Or that mysterious glowing city? Exactly. Or that mysterious glowing... What? That's no city. It's a town. (gasps) A ghost town. We were just bored and said, Hey, why don't we write a story? I have a huge imagination. If you only use your eyes, then you'll see less stuff. You have to speak to a chicken or be a chicken. We inspire each other. And the world will never be the same. The Story Pirates. Welcome back to the Story Pirates podcast. Where we take stories written by kids and turn them into sketch comedy and songs. And where I, Megan, was right about the underground ghosts. Megan. Come on, say it. Megan was right. (sighs) You were right. Baby with the mustache. Yeah, yeah, you were right. And Megan's a generational acting talent who radiates charisma. Why don't we go explore the town? And on the way, we can do a story. Great idea. 
Are you sure you don't want to say the thing about the generational talent first? And here to introduce it is the author. Hi, my name is Lainey. I'm nine years old and I live in Wisconsin. This is my story, How Do You Scare a Mermaid? Today is the day I will scare a mermaid. Today is the day I will scare a mermaid. Away to the place where the salt water sprays. I'm getting ready to scare a mermaid. Oh, hey, I didn't see you there. Today I am off to find mermaids to scare. Today I'm going to catch a mermaid unaware and give them a fright that'll give them gray hair. Over there where the salt water sprays, I got to find out what makes mermaids afraid. See, I'm a narrator, so I get paid for keeping you readers a-flipping that page. Wait! I've reached the ocean. Now I can finally scare a mermaid. And when I'm done, I'll have all I need to make the most exciting story ever. Such a story you just can't put down. And I'll tell it sun up to sun down. Rich and famous, I'm well on my way, cause today is the day I will scare a mermaid. Wait, how do I even get a mermaid to talk to me? I know, I will ask nicely. Mermaid, show yourself. Mermaid, show yourself. Mermaid, show yourself. All right, all right, chill out. I know why you're here, I see it in your eyes. You came to scare me, but you shouldn't even try. There's not a thing that scares a mermaid, here's why. Mermaids are awesome. Not even the dark? No. Ever hear of nighttime? We don't have lights down here. What about Bigfoot? Bigfoot's my second cousin on my mother's side. Drowning. Is that a joke? Fine, I'll tell you. There's one thing that I am really afraid of, and it's when a story ends, ooh, it makes me shiver. The story's finished, I quiver, head to liver. I cry me a river when stories conclude, cause it's a little bit scary and a little bit rude. So today you won't scare this mermaid. Not today you won't scare this mermaid. Came all this way to where the salt water sprays, but to make me afraid, you ain't got what it takes. No, today I'm gonna scare this mermaid. Yeah, today I'm gonna scare you, mermaid. I came all this way to where the salt water sprays, and you're gonna see that I got what it takes. Listen, buddy, I'm only scared of the end of a story. Literally, the words, the end. And the only person that can say the words, the end, is a... Narrator? Yeah, a narrator. How did you know that? Well, cause I'm a narrator. No. Yeah. For real? Here's my badge. Oh, it looks so cute, like a little book. Uh, mermaid. Mm, yeah. The end! Ah! Oh, jeez, oh, Louise, you scared the seashells out of me. Wow, that was an incredible story. This town is incredible. Look at all the little shops and restaurants. It feels nice to be able to wander around the city again. They even have a theater. Oh, the Marquis says, the Phantoms of the Opera, an immersive experience. Should we go? My stomach says, it's time to eat first. Let's find a restaurant. Hmm, everything looks pretty busy. Oh, what about that place? Spectrina's. It looks so cute and inviting. Ooh, it really does. I wonder why it's so empty. Is it even open? I don't care. I'm starving. Let's at least go check. Hello? Baby with an appetite over here. Who dares enter my restaurant? Ah! Oh, no, no, no. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. It's just... <laughs> I'm not open yet. <laughs> oh, bummer. I'm so hungry and everywhere else is so full up. Okay, you know what? Have a seat. I will whip something up for you. Okay, here you go, here you go. 
But please don't judge if it's not great. Whoa, this is incredible. Mm, I've never had anything like it. I've eaten at ghost kitchens before, but this is a whole different level. Oh, you're just saying that. No, this is seriously some of the, the best food I've ever had. Why aren't you open yet? That's hard to say. I've wanted to open my own restaurant ever since I was a little ghoul. I went to culinary school and studied all sorts of different types of cooking. And then I bought this place and designed the layout, decorated it, created my menu. It sounds like you've got everything you need. Yeah, you've got a great space, great food, and you're in a great location. Plus, you've got your first three customers right here, happy and full. I'm just not sure that it's enough. Of course it is. All you need is a little push. Tell you what, the three of us are going to help you open your doors to the public today. You'd really do that? Of course. Consider it our way of saying thank you for the food. Oh, you don't have any money? Let's get started. And there. One grand opening banner proudly hanging in the doorway. Now all you need to do is cut this ceremonial ribbon with these oversized scissors and you'll officially be in business. Um... Go ahead. We're all here to support you. Actually, you know what? Before I open, I should really make sure I'm playing the right sort of music to set the mood and everything. Oh, good idea. What are you thinking? Well, I've always thought of my restaurant as a nice, calm break from the hustle and bustle of city life. So, you know, maybe something like this. I'm not sure if that's the right vibe. What about that? Not that either. You're right. Yes, we shouldn't open. Wait, what about this? Oh, that's nice. Oh, so relaxing. Some good, calm eating music. Oh, yeah. This is perfect. Great. Sounds like we're ready to open. Just take the big, oversized scissors and... Wait! What is it now? Well, okay. <clears throat> I think the lighting might be wrong. It has to be bright enough to see the menu, but not so bright that every ghost customer can't see themselves. You know what I mean? I don't think my lighting system can handle that much nuance. It'd probably take some sort of super scientist to figure it out, so maybe it's better if we just put a bow on it. a super scientist. What now? Yeah, just give me a second. Okay, just a little twist here. Flip these wires. <clears throat> Reattach this panel. And... There you go. A brand new adaptable lighting system. It should automatically adjust itself based on your customer's needs. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Thank you. No problem. Looks like we're ready to open. Let's just... No! What about the menu? What's wrong with the menu? The food you made us was great. Yeah, but it needs more food. What if somebody wants something I've never even heard of? Like, I don't know how to prepare a cardboard burrito salad au jus. Yeah, I I'm not sure that's a real food. Is it? I don't know! And until I do, I cannot open these doors. I am locking myself in my kitchen until I know how to prepare every single possible recipe ever. Every single possible recipe? Nobody's expecting you to know all that? You wouldn't understand. You don't own 
a restaurant. The grand opening is canceled. We'll be right back. Hey, grown-ups! This next message is for you. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. One thing about me is that I love animals. I am not a dog or a cat person. I am both a dog and a cat person. And honestly, I don't want to brag, but animals love me too. If I'm visiting friends or family and they have a pet, there's a pretty good chance that I'll spend more time with the pet than whoever it is I came to see. So it is a huge bummer that I also happen to have really bad allergies around dogs and cats. I start sneezing, my eyes water, and I even sometimes have trouble breathing. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. And guess what? Just the other day, I went to visit my dog friend, Opie, and I made sure that I took a Claritin D ahead of time, and my allergies were totally under control. We were able to run and play and wrestle, and I nuzzled him and everything. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Spectrina! You want to come out of the kitchen and talk to us? Away! I don't think she's coming out. Let's break down the door. Hold on. It wasn't locked. Ah, I never get to break down doors. Spectrina, what's really going on? This place is incredible. Anyone would be happy to dine here. <gasps> For as long as I remember, I've thought of myself as just another ghost with an unfinished business. I've worked so hard to make this place perfect that I'm scared of what comes next. And what if opening up to the public means opening myself up to all sorts of problems I've never even thought of before? Oh, Spectrina, I know how you feel. Whenever I'm designing an experiment, I try my best to reduce the possibility of any errors. But some problems are only revealed after I've started. And once you run into problems, you have the chance to improve them. You know, I ran a startup once, and it failed miserably. But the important thing is that I tried, and then learned from it. It's like when I perform my one-woman musical character explorations. When it's time for curtain, I have to start, no matter what. Sure, I might mess up a line here or there, but you gotta roll with the plunges. Wow. It sounds like you three have failed over and over and over and over and over and over again. Well, uh, I wouldn't, that's no. not how I would put it. Thanks. And yet you've used that experience to not only keep going, but to help out a complete stranger like me. Aww. Mr. Oh, thank you. Come on, hand me those oversized scissors. The grand opening starts right now. Here you go. Attention, potential customers! As of today, this ghost's unfinished business 
is officially open. <laughs> Welcome to Spectrina. Thank you. Thank you. Come in. Come in. And thank you, Story Pirates, so much for all of your help. And if you ever find yourselves back in town, please stop by, say hi, get a bite. We will. But bring Nani next time. We'll see. Should we try and catch the Phantoms of the Opera before we go? Sure. But before that, let's do another story. Yeah. Okay, listeners, have you ever seen a trend or a craze that you just didn't understand? Like, maybe it's a really weird dance that suddenly everyone wants to do? Well, this next story is kind of like one of those things. And pretty soon, everyone's going to be doing it. Maybe you're next. Here's the author to introduce it. Hi, my name is Camilo. I am 11 years old. I live in Maryland. And this is my story, Chickening. I'm home. Hey, honey, how was your work conference? Oh, you know, it was fine. And on Zoom. And in the dining room. So. Right. Anyway, what are the kids doing? Uh, well, they're upstairs. Chickening? I'm sorry, what? You know, they're chickening? No, I don't know. What's that? Oh, thank goodness you don't know either. When I asked them what it was, they started laughing and told me I was too old to understand. Too old? I don't like the sound of that. So I pretended that I was kidding, told them I did know, and then ran out of the room. Good save. So what are we going to do? The only thing we can do, Walter, ask the internet. Oh, smart. <laughs> okay, internet, what is chickening? Oh, look, there's a video. Click it. Hello, parents, and welcome to another video in my series, Explaining Stuff to Parents. What are the kids doing these days? I don't even know. From internet memes to text abbreviations. What it all means ain't always so apparent, but that's why you clicked on Explaining Stuff to Parents. Yeah! I'm feeling good about this. Shh, sorry. All right, you old millennial parents. Today's topic is chickening. Yes, what is it? It's simple. Chickening is a state of mind and a culture because anything can chickening. What? Here are the seven steps to learning how to chickening. That seems like a lot of steps. In song. Okay, now we're talking. Shh, sorry. Step one. Bring your arms to your waist. Step two. Stick your hands out horizontally. Three. Hover your arms off your waist. Step four. Eyes meet the middle distance. Five. Sag your shoulders. Step six. Stick out almost all your tongue, but lazily. Step seven. Turn in circles, but slowly. Move your upper body up and down slowly. While flapping your hands. While flapping your hands. While flapping your hands like wings. Now you're chickening, now, now you're chickening. Look, you're chickening, look, look, you're chickening. Now you're chickening, look, look, you're chickening. Cluck, 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 gobble, Honey, I think we're doing it. Do we look cool? I can't tell. I'm worried we might look silly. All right, parents. Now that you've learned the technical side of chickening, the real question is, when should one chickening? Yes, please, context. Chickening is only appropriate in the following three scenarios. Scenario one. Distracting anyone for any purpose. 
Oh, Rebecca, thanks for a wonderful birthday dinner. You're welcome, Sal. I think my favorite part was that you didn't throw me a surprise party. Well, I... Say what now? The only thing that could ruin this night would be if I turned around right now and found my apartment full of people ready to scream surprise. <laughs> sort of like this. Uh, Sal, uh, no! Huh? Uh... Wah, 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 wah. Rebecca, what is this? Black, black, black. What are you doing? Black. Are you a chicken? Let's get out of here. I'm not sure what's happening, but I sure am distracted. Now you're chickening. Now, now you're chickening. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I think I'm more confused now. Quiet. Sorry. Scenario two. The second scenario in which chickening is appropriate is blending in with chickens. I'm telling you, Daryl, I think that freeloading cousin of yours has been sleeping in the barn again. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? There's no people in that barn. It's just chickens. See? Hey, have you always had that big chicken? <laughs> Which big chicken? The one that's six times taller than the rest? Oh, this one right here? No, uh, not that one. The one that doesn't have any feathers, is wearing clothes, and has a gas station name tag that says Ralph on it. Oh, yeah, that one. I've had that chicken for basically ever. Huh. Now you're chickening. Now, now you're chickening. <laughs> Classic. So chickening is just acting like a chicken to distract someone or to blend in with chickens? I think so. Oh, wait, hold on. There's one more scenario. Scenario three. The final scenario in which chickening is appropriate is simple. Any reason, any time, any place, any reality. What? Like this. I do. Do you, Cynthia, take Darren to be your lawfully wedded husband in good times and bad, in sickness and in health, as long as you both shall live? Uh... Cynthia? Cynthia? <gasps> Are you chickening? <gasps> I'm so sorry. Now you're chickening. Now, now you're chickening. Or even this. Your Majesty, the evil space general's fleet is gaining on us. Your Majesty, they're hailing us. On screen. All right, evil space general. What is it you want from us? What am I looking at? Is this chickening? I don't get it. Will someone explain this to me? Now you're chickening. Now, now you're chickening. <laughs> okay. Hopefully that clears things up. Thanks for watching, parents. Until next time, keep asking questions and stay cool. Like and subscribe. Explaining stuff to parents. Yeah. You know, I think I've got it now. Yes, I'm feeling good about this. Mom, Dad, is dinner ready? We're starving. Does this answer your question? Oh, no. Mom and Dad found out about chickening. Cool, right? Not anymore. What? We're going to Kevin's house. Let's go. Can we come? Oh, Walter, why did you make us do this? Oh, honey, uh... Walter!
Now you're chickening. Now, now you're chickening. Pong. The end. And now, Lee speaks with the author. So, Camilo, you wrote chickening. Uh-huh. Tell me how you came up with the idea for this story. Well, I have a bunch of chickens at home. You have chickens? Yeah. We have 17 chickens. We have now two new baby chickens. We get a lot of eggs. We kind of, like, made our own company because we have too many eggs. So now we just sell eggs. And how do you know which eggs to incubate? So we don't self-incubate because we don't keep roosters. Three of our chicks that we did incubate, we bought those from a store. And what is incubating? Can you tell listeners what that is? Well, it's kind of like when you take, like, a duck or a bird. And it's just when you kind of keep them in, like, a habitat that mimics what they would live in. So, for example, sometimes, like, our birds sit on the eggs to keep them a certain temperature. So since we wouldn't have an adult chicken, we use machines that keep them the humidity level and heat level that they need to stay alive. How do you know when they're going to hatch? Well, it's hard to tell. The first one to hatch was one we hadn't even seen start pecking at its and hadn't started until much later. What we suspect happened was the one that pecked out first hadn't fully eaten the yolk in the egg, which gives them the energy to break out of the egg. So he started breaking out of the egg, then went back to eat. I had no idea that the baby chicks, when they're inside the egg, eat the yolk. Uh-huh. But tell me more about the steps to chickening. Do you chickening yourself? I have. And what about the chickens themselves? Is it based on what they do automatically? 100%. <laughs> so in your story, you describe chickening as a state of mind and culture. Can you tell me more what you mean by that? You'd have to speak to a chicken or be a chicken. So you don't even know the answer. Maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs> If you did know, would you tell me? Maybe I would. <laughs> Wait, I can't see you, so I'm not 100% sure. Are you a chicken? Maybe I am. Yeah. Okay, all right. So I'm definitely talking to a chicken right now. Yeah. Um, you also say that chickening is appropriate for any reason, any time, any place, any reality. Because chickens are supreme. By saying that any reality, do you mean there are other dimensions where chickens do their chickening there too as well? How would chickens not be supreme if they hadn't figured out how to travel between realities and become overlords? Are they our overlords? You would never know, but of course. So what I think you're trying to tell me is in the age-old question, which came first, the chicken or the egg, you're saying it was the chicken. Ning. Chicken ning. <laughs> The chickening is the be-all and end-all of our universe. Mm-hmm. Can you chickening for me right now on the phone to prove that you're a chicken? I'm going to project the image of chickening into your mind. Why, um... <laughs> oh, wow, I'm getting it. Yeah, I am definitely getting it. Camilo, thank you so much for talking to me, and thanks for letting us perform your story. Of course, thank you. All right, see you later. Later, thank you, Lee. Bye. And now it's time for Story Pirates Roll Call. Send us your stories. We read them all. We read them all. You know we love them. Story Pirates Roll Call. First up, shout out to Lilu, an eight-year-old from California who sent us the story, The Renaissance Fair. And this story even includes my favorite aspect 
of any Ren Fair. Of course, I'm talking about the big turkey legs that you get to walk around with and eat. But it's not just about turkey legs, it's also about time travel. Incredible story. Next up, a shout out to Iris, a seven-year-old from Vermont who sent us the pigeon that sneezed into space. And Iris' story has my favorite character of the week. It's a pigeon with beaks all around his head and two giant eyes. One eye's on the front of his head and one's on the back of his head. And he has 20 tiny wings on each side of his body and 10 toes on each foot. And whenever he sneezes, his tail catches on fire and turns into a rocket ship and goes up into space. Great details, Iris. Our next roll call story is called The Raccoon Incident, and it comes to us from Arlo, a six-year-old in Maryland. And Arlo's story has a pretty unique solution to a problem that a lot of homeowners have, raccoons on the roof. And the people who have a raccoon on their roof in this story do something pretty simple to get rid of it. They send it to another roof, the roof of a haunted house. Thanks, Arlo. And finally, shout out to Camden, an 11-year-old from Arizona who sent us their story, The Cheese Relic of Immortality. If you know me, you know I love a story with a prophecy, and Camden's story does not disappoint. Here's how the story begins. <clears throat> a millennia ago, a prophecy was foretold of the powerful cheese relic created from the magic milk of the Omega Cow. The prophecy said he who touches the cheese would become one with the cheese and be granted extraordinary abilities along with immortality. The prophecy stated that they who seek the cheese must plunge into the mouth of the cow and be faced with the cheesy trials. I mean, just incredible, right? And if you want to find out if that prophecy is fulfilled, you're going to have to read the whole story and all of today's Roll Call stories at storypirates.com slash podcast. That was Roll Call. Now it's time for you to write us a story, and if you don't know what to write, here's a story spark from Lainey, the author of How Do You Scare a Mermaid? Kids, write us a story about a character who adopts the pet they've always dreamed of. Is it a real animal? Is it a mythical creature? How does the pet feel about getting adopted? And what if your character's family doesn't want the pet to be there? How does your character convince their family to let it stay? That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening and a big thanks to today's authors, Lainey and Camilo. Grown-ups can submit kids' stories and story sparks at storypirates.com. And remember, every single story we receive gets some love. Some story love. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, stay creative and stay kind. Bye! The Story Pirates Podcast is a production of Story Pirates Studios. Executive produced by Lee Overtree and Benjamin Salka. This episode was produced by Sam Baer, Mike Cavallon, Minzwi Karami, Mahala Lawrence, Peter McNerney, Andrew Miller, Megan O'Neill, Lee Overtree, Rachel Winitsky, and Nimini Ware. Our theme song was written by Bobby Lord and produced by Brendan O'Grady. Roll call theme by Andrew Barbado. Musical scoring by Jack Mitchell. Our head writer is Minzwi Karami. Staff writers are Mike Cavallon, Mahala Lawrence, and Alexa Simpson. 
And contributing writers are Peter McNerney, Megan O'Neill, and Lee Overtree. Special guest, Busy Phillips. This episode features performances by Eric Austin, Greg Barnett, Sasha Diamond, Angela Gia Rotana, Nick Canellis, Pat May, Peter McNerney, Brendan O'Grady, Megan O'Neill, Lee Overtree, Jasmine Malave, Monique Moses, Joshua Nasser, Keith Rubin, Ellen Winter, and Nimini Ware. How Do You Scare a Mermaid was written by Monique Moses and produced by Ellen Winter. The songs in Chickening were written by Peter McNerney and Jack Mitchell and produced by Jack Mitchell. Okay, fine. I'll do it. Good enough for you?